everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Industrial Theory. I'm your host, Carrie Siggins. I am very excited to uh, introduce my guest today, Samantha Cervantes. Samantha and I have been friends for about 25 years. I met her when I lived in Austin, Texas, and I have been part of her journey as she has gone from a sales rep at the Four Seasons Resort and Spa in Austin, all the way to a regional vice president at Tableau Software. She'll explain what Tableau does, but uh, basically it's a data analytics company and it very much ties into the future of industrial cleaning and where all of this is going. Recently, Tableau was purchased by Salesforce. And uh, as I talk about in my show, Salesforce thinks that Tableau is probably one of the best uh, acquisitions that they've made. And Samantha will really talk about why people in the industrial cleaning uh, industry and industry and beyond really need to embrace data and the use of analytics and how to build dashboards to easily gain insight from uh, the data that you're collecting. It's a fun interview. Samantha is an amazing person and she is a phenomenal salesperson and you'll learn a ton from this podcast. So hang tight and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited for you to meet Samantha, my very good friend, as I explained uh, in the intro to the show. Welcome, uh, Samantha. So glad to have you here. Oh, I'm honored. I'm honored. I'm so excited. I haven't seen you in so long, but this is, uh, we're going to talk about business today. We're not going to talk about all the stuff we typically talk about over wine. I know. Well, hopefully soon we'll, we'll get to do that again. <laughs> All right. So uh, when I first met you, you were a uh, sales manager at the Four Seasons Hotel and Resort in Austin. Uh, and I love your story. So can you tell everybody how you got into tech? Four Seasons, right? Who makes that jump from hospitality to tech? Um, well, yeah. So I was with Four Seasons Hotels for four years. Um, and it was a, you know, instrumental part of uh, really defining my sales craft. Um, but ultimately, the values and culture of Four Seasons, which are great, um, they just weren't in line with mine as a 22 year old. You know, I don't know about you, but in my 20s, I like to dye my hair. I don't want to wear pantyhose in 100 degree weather. Um, and ultimately, uh, even though I was a, a President's Club winner there, a uh, very successful seller, um, was ultimately walked out of the company. Um, you know, I think one day I went in with like half black, half blonde hair, just not. I, I actually remember that was exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that's okay. You know, the thing is, is um, in many ways that was a blessing and the kick in the pants to really um, figure out what I wanted to do with my career. And had that not happened, who knows where I'd be. Um, but, you know, looking at the Austin, Texas landscape, you know, big tech companies there, you had Google, you had Apple, you had Rackspace, VMware. Um, but back then, a lot of those companies shut the door um, if you didn't have a college degree. And I didn't have one. Um, but with some great mentors, obviously what I'm speaking to today, um, you know, found out Rackspace, a managed hosting provider, was having a recruiting happy hour, went. Um, talked a lot about my sales methodology really centered on value. And at the time, it was just a great match. You know, they were looking for people who didn't sell on feature and functionality and, and could teach more around value. So, you know, they took a bet on me, no tech background, had to teach me what the heck a server was and what disaster recovery was. And um, I'll always be grateful for that because that's, that was the, 
I needed that bet on me. And that led to this career in tech. So it's really interesting to go from uh, the big leap from, from hospitality to tech. What did you do to hone your craft as quickly as possible so that you could be successful within, within rack, the Rackspace culture, which you were? Yeah, uh, such a great <laughs> question because coming in, I, I can remember, I didn't know what a processor did. Yeah. I didn't know what hard drives were. I can remember writing on my whiteboard, processor equals speed. RAM equals memory. You know, this was just how I was, you know, I just didn't know. Um, but that's the point. You know, it's stay hungry, stay learning, and really be open to that vulnerability you're going to feel when you're in conversations with customers or with your team and you just can't follow the conversation. So stay hungry, ask questions. Um, and if you do that, your learning curve will will bend for you, right? It, you'll get there faster. You know, if you tune out when your solution engineer is talking to the customer and you're answering email, you're missing that learning opportunity. So that's what I did. I asked a lot of questions. Yeah. I would ask a customer. I don't, I don't know what that means. Could you break that down? I'm just getting started, but I'm very interested in what you just said. Could you say it another way? I want to ask another question around that. Um, so did you ever feel like you had to, you know, fake it to make it? <laughs> I mean, sure. I felt that way, but my gut told me that wasn't going to be the, the path to, mm -hmm. to really becoming great, to really becoming that consultant I wanted to be. Um, and I, I mean, facing that head on and realizing like you have to stay vulnerable. You have to be comfortable getting uncomfortable. Um, if you're going to fake it, people are going to smell it out. You know, yep. it, just, it stinks. So you can't, you can't do it. So learn that faster. <laughs> yeah, I understand. When I, when I first went into my sales job in Austin, knowing you, uh, in the tech space, I remember going, oh my God, how am I going to need to learn all these things? And I was like, well, you're just going to have to ask a lot of questions and pick it up as fast as possible. And it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't understand that. Explain that to me and, uh, and try to speed up that learning curve. But I remember feeling uh, a little bit intimidated about the sheer amount that you have to learn in such a short period of time to be successful. It's true. And it's okay. I mean, recognize yeah. that those feelings are okay. You will feel moments of I'm uncomfortable. I'm intimidated. Uh, if you're like me, I don't deserve to be here. Yeah. You know, sometimes that imposter syndrome comes up, but remember you were hired for a reason. You have talent to bring to this company you know, let your morals and your values be your compass with your customer and just stay hungry to learn. It's okay. You'll get there. Yeah, great advice. All right. So you've uh, mentioned some of the, the notable companies that you've worked for, Rackspace, VMware, and now Tableau, um, which was recently acquired by Salesforce. And I hear Salesforce is saying it's the best acquisition that they may have ever made. <laughs> hands down, hands down, probably ever in the world of acquisitions. Uh, so what's the biggest lesson that you've learned uh, throughout uh, your career so far? Oh, those questions are so hard, Carrie. Biggest? The biggest. The list Our is Most long. impactful? Most impactful? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, here's one. Um, and this took some time to learn as well. You know, I think being in sales, if you ask any salespeople, we like to control things. We like to control every aspect of it. Um, but what I learned is... Um, it, it sounds cliche, but teamwork makes the dream work, you know, and the faster you can learn to work with a team and invite their ideas and perspectives, your vision, your strategy, your idea will go from good to great. Um, yeah. And you'll get there faster with a team. You know, a, a 
manager that was on my team a while ago said to me once, sometimes I feel like we're a Sherpa and we're just trying to put everything we have to do on our back and climb Everest. And we just don't see the team around us that's willing to share that load and help us get there faster with new ideas. And so that teamwork, um, that's probably been the, the biggest learning, like stay hungry to work with a team and, in, and invite them in, you know, tell them what to do, listen to their ideas, foster that conversation because you'll take your good idea and they'll help make it great. I love that answer. I have been obsessed with Michael Jordan's uh, The Last yes. Dance, the right show. And it was like watching that story of how talented he was, but he wasn't able to take it to the next level until he really understood the power of having a great team and building that team up. And it didn't mean that he didn't hold them accountable and probably was, you know, a jerk a lot of the times, but he really, to get the, to the top of his game, he never could have done it without a team. And I love that part of the story because it really shows how much he matured and I couldn't agree more. I, I love the, I love the team building aspect of it. And I love watching my team uh, grow and excel and do phenomenal things. And, uh, and I think a lot of people don't necessarily understand that you can't get to the top of your game without a team. hundred percent true. A hundred percent true. So what's your, what's your secret trick for building a great team? For building, well, you, you nailed the right there, building, you know, it starts with the types of people that you hire. You know, we, we work really hard on my team to define not just the skills. The skills are important, but in a lot of ways, I'm trusting my recruiter is getting the right skills into the, the mm -hmm. candidate pool. But, you know, what are the attributes? What are the behaviors, the soft skills? You know, we look for that. And I'll tell people because I realize an interview just goes both ways. I'll say, if you have been a successful lone wolf in the past, I trust you will do well, at, you know, somewhere here in Tableau, but that's not what I'm looking for on my team. I want collaboration. I want fostering and sharing of ideas because I want that tide to rise all the ships. So talk to me, you know, about a time where you uh, worked with a team to accomplish your, your dream. And that, that collaboration, you know, it, it starts with the, the types of people that you hire. Yeah. Um, from there, you know, be the example that you want to be. If I pulled up my calendar right now, you'd see all these orange 30 minute bubbles. Those are one on ones. And those half of them aren't with people on my team, right? They're with people that are in cross functional teams or peers of mine in other regions or in other segments doing what we do. And, you know, that's just me trying to hone the skill of like, I know I have good ideas, but how can I make them better? Um, and you do that and that trickles down, right? Your leaders see you doing that, your sellers see you doing that. Um, and give them the tools, give them the tools to, to collaborate. We use Slack, we blow that up with questions and the team chimes in, you know, make space in your team meeting to share what's working, what's not, something you, you know, in sales, a deal you want, a deal you lost with a big learning that you just want to help. Again, everyone rises together. So those are just some of the things that we do. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, building a team has, is not just about the, the people who work for you. It's, it's all across the company. Uh, that's absolutely what I believe in. I think it's an excellent point that you brought up. So now let's talk about the biggest challenge or the biggest mistake that you've made in your career. The list is long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the biggest. Um, well, I guess I can't ignore this because it's jumping to my mind. Um, again, I mentioned I didn't have a college degree and at times, you know, I think that's impacted my confidence and sometimes that little 
ugly voice of imposter syndrome does raise its head. But what that's ultimately done uh, is it's it's made me suffocate sort of my inner voice. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe I should just call it like trusting my gut. Yeah. Right. So uh, couple that sometimes the imposter syndrome that shows with I tend to be a lead follower. If you can mm-hmm. believe that, I know I know how much you know fun we used to have back today. But I am a I am a rule follower. Um, and sometimes I think that would put me in a position to like either you know hear a strategy coming down or an ask coming down and just follow the role. And something inside of me was saying, some like let's have a discussion on it. Some of these pieces don't. I, I'm not following the why here. Um, so trust your gut. You know, I think ultimately your gut is a combination of your learnings and experiences along the way that inform an opinion inside of you. And that shouldn't be ignored. Now, I think it doesn't mean you just go into overdrive and throttle that opinion through the whole room. But what I've what I've valued and what I've learned to do is when something doesn't quite all add up for me, it's trying to make the space to have that conversation mm-hmm. and discuss it because because I might just bring up a point that people hadn't considered. Yeah. Or I might just learn something that I haven't considered and then I grow from that too. So listen to your gut. Don't suppress it like I did in the, the first few years of my career. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people will be able to relate <laughs> with that answer. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about Tableau. What exactly does Tableau do? I feel like when I just got that question from you, I'm supposed to give you the answer that's on our <laughs> website. Like we are a visual analytics platform built for people to see and understand data. Okay, turn um, that into like something everybody yeah, can understand. <laughs> totally, 100%. Because honestly, when I joined this company, I read that, I go, that's really cool. But I didn't join this company because of that sentence. I joined by these use cases. So, well, here's a fun fact here. Did you know the human brain processes images 40,000 times faster than columns and rows of text? 40,000 no, 40, times, you know? Yeah. Have you ever opened an Excel? that's just column after column after column and thousands of rows and you're filtering and just trying to get a simple answer. Yeah. 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 Um, That's the old way of trying to get answers out of data, right? Mm -hmm. Or sometimes you have to pull it out of a a SQL box and you got to do some, you know, uh, programming there. What, what my company does is we help those answers come to life in a visual way. And a great example of that is the, you know, with COVID-19 going on, you know, the flatten the curve visual graphic. Yeah. That's, be- that's become, you know, the world's rallying cry if we are in fact making progress on the measures we're instituting to try and stop the spread of this virus. That's visual analytics. That is, there's so much data that is feeding up that simple graphic to show is the, gra- is, is the line flattening or is it not? Yeah. That's visual analytics. And it's really important right now that we're doing that. In the last five years, between all the software and the applications, we are producing more data than we have in the last 5,000 years of humanity. Yeah. But if you look at the research, we're, we're only analyzing less than 1%. So think about all the insight that's in there with the different problems, initiatives, challenges that the world, businesses, people all have. Yeah. That's what yeah. Tableau does is we put that power back into the hands of anybody, regardless of technical experience, to be able to find those answers fast. Yep. Good. I'm sure it helps people make much, much better decisions within their role. That's the whole goal, right? Use data to gain insights to make better decisions. It is. And I'll take it one step further because, you know, you could have anybody on here. I'm representing Tableau and the Salesforce analytics team today, but you could have any analytics platform on here and they'll tell you the same thing. 
But what I think Tableau does that's just different is first, we're, you know, it's our technology that was built for anybody to use. Mm-hmm. And, it go, and it's that coupled with our belief. Yeah. You, all companies should want to democratize their data, serve it up in a secure and centralized source of truth so that anybody, where they are in the company, can have access to it and try to answer their own questions. Yeah, that's great. That's great. All right. So the listeners of this podcast spend most of their time in industrial facilities, refineries, chemical plants, you know, really dirty places, as you know. Uh, So bring what Tableau uh, provides for them to life. Why should a guy in a, you know, running maintenance program in a Dow chemical plant care about that kind of data? Make it concrete for them. That's such a great question. So the traditional way in which people have um, set out to help that person running that that manufacturing plant, you said in the chemical. Uh, plant? Yeah, the chemical plant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a chemical plant, is he has a question. He knows that he needs to go get that question answered, but it lives in some sort of you know lockdown area behind IT in in the, um, their data and their storage. And so he sends a question over to this team and says, "Can you help me answer this?" Yeah. And he waits. And it comes back and then he sees something and it spawns three or four more questions. And this is the vicious loop that continues, right? But I want you to picture this man or woman having those questions and being able to just go to their computer, access that data, ask that question and have that answer within seconds. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. And it, you know, a really great example of that is you know, ExxonMobil. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've done tremendous things with Tableau. They're one of the uh, key examples of customers who have really made the leap to becoming a data-driven organization. And I remember when they were launching it with their Buenos Aires team, um, they went the traditional route. They went down to Buenos Aires. They said, here's Tableau. Here's how you build dashboards. And we built you some. We are the IT analytics team. We built some dashboards for you on questions you have. And they, that was it. Weeks went by and they weren't hearing from the team. They thought that was really weird because this is something that the Buenos Aires team had been asking for quite a bit. And they called them up and they said, you know, what's, what's going on? How's it going? They said, well, we're really not using the dashboards you built. And they said, well, what are you doing? Like, we built our own. And they said, can we see it? And it was that moment for them that made them realize how they had to democratize it even more because they were guessing and, and thinking, these are the questions you have, right? But when you put those that that powerful platform into the hands of people with the questions, there's so much more that's there. And they build a dashboard that just 10 times over uh, just overruled the one that IT built and they were using it. Yeah. And it became a centralized dashboard for that whole team down there to go make better decisions on because they had a say in what the, the questions they, they were looking for answers um, would show on that dashboard. So, you know, slice that by any line of business. Yeah. Slice that by any industry. We all know the types of questions that we have. We know new questions that are coming up in light of the pandemic. Old patterns we got to revisit. New yeah. new patterns that we got to un- that are emerging that we need to understand. That's the power of Tableau. That's putting the data into a place for anybody to access it and then get those insights. So you can go make those decisions. You're yeah. really just empowering your employees when you do this. Yeah, I think that's great too because there's no pos- possible way that you know your team could go in and really get to the heart, especially as people start to play and say, "Ooh, I have this, I have this type of data. I want to build that in." So, is it really that easy to build the do- dashboards and drop and drag and and you know and have that power at your fingertips? 
Yeah, it's, it really is. Um, I will say Tableau is easy to learn. I'm stealing these words from a friend of mine, Anthony Alfano. Um, Tableau is easy to learn. It's hard to master. Don't, don't make a mistake that I buy a license of Tableau and I'm going to be able to rule the world. You know, you need training. It's a new skill, but we have thousands of hours of free e-learning out there um, mm -hmm. for anyone to access. And all you have to do is stay hungry, know the questions you want and want to lean in so that you can control more of what you're looking to control. Do yep. better in your job. Yep. It, uncover those new insights. Yeah. So how do you teach people to think about data? So you have a maintenance manager at ExxonMobil and and you're giving them the tool, this, this, these people, the tools to be able to build these dashboards. And like you said, there's vast amounts of data out there. How how do you walk them through how to look at that type of data to say this is something that's valuable for me to build yeah. a dashboard around? So that's a great question. I was talking to a CIO the, the other day and he just kept saying, I don't want to boil the ocean. You know, I, I'm not ready to go all in. And I was like, and, and maybe you shouldn't. But but where do you get started is sort of the question that you're that you're asking. And, you know, what is a big question you have about your business or a challenge or a problem or an initiative? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to start with those clear questions in your mind and, and kind of think it through a couple of stuff. If I had that insight, what business impact would that have? How would that help me do my job better? How would that help my company? Um, but yeah, you know, it can be overwhelming when you start to think about building a data-driven culture. So start with the things that matter most. It's why I challenge my team a lot of times to just go talk to the executive team in their account. What's top of mind for them? What are you reading in their 10K? What are they struggling with in light of COVID? Mm -hmm. You know, did they have to close all their manufacturing plants and they're trying to figure out how to staff essential workers and HR is like pulling their hair out? Yeah. We can we can help them with that. Right. And right. So start with those clear questions that will, are meaningful in your company. Yep. I like that. Start small. Don't try to eat the elephant in one bite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it won't work. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, great advice. All right. So now let's pivot a little bit and talk a, a little bit more about sales because you're the one of the most talented <laughs> sales leaders I've ever met. Uh, I'm always in awe of, of what you've been able to achieve. So what's your secret? What's your secret to being a great sales professional? Gosh, just that coming from you. I'm, I'm just so honored and humbled. Thank you. Because um, you've been such a trusted um, person in my inner circle for so long. Um, first and foremost, I think it's my why. You know, mm -hmm. I was an individual contributor for 16 years. And, you know, every four years or so, I thought, you know, am I supposed to go into management now? Is this the thing I'm supposed to do? I'm, you know, I'm winning awards. I'm really good at this. Is this, is, is this what I do? Had I made that decision at any one of those times, I would have been a terrible leader. I would have been horrible. Um, but what I realized, uh, it kind of happened with the birth of my son, is the, the calling I had, my purpose, the thing I got most joy out of became less and less around what I was doing individually. But when, you know, uh, a, a seller or someone would come to me and they'd want to strategize and pick my brain, my heart was racing, my blood was pumping. And what happened for me is my purpose just sort of shifted. And mm -hmm. my true fulfillment does come from, you know, the coaching and development of others in an inspiring way to help them really achieve more than maybe they thought they could or at a faster pace. And so mm -hmm. make sure you're clear on your why. Do you want to become a leader? Because that, I think, is my compass that guides what I do. Um, 
you know, we've talked about it, you know, collaboration. I think in that it's just really staying hungry. There's so much to learn in leadership. I can't wait for, you know, more that you, that you bring with your podcast. I read all your blogs um, because these are just constant conversations that we need to unpack and discuss to form our opinions. So stay hungry to learn, stay hungry to be the sharpest, best leader that you can. Um, and, And never forget as a leader, like trust your people. You hired great people to come in and help execute against your goals. Listen to them, make space to talk with them. What are they learning? What are they struggling with? We've got to trust our people to do their jobs and give them the tools while staying, you know, ear to the floor um, of what they need and how we can help them be their best, their best self. Great advice. Agree with it. all of that. <laughs> You're here. Great, great minds. Great minds. <laughs> we have, we've talked about this a lot. And I have to say, uh, you know, I've known you for a, a, a long, long time, uh, over two decades now. And I uh, am not one bit surprised that you are a phenomenal leader. And that's because as, you know, thinking through all of the challenges that, that we went through in our 20s and, and our 30s, and I could always come to you and you give great advice and could talk through things so logically. And so, you know, once you had that foundation of like, I know, I know how to be a really great salesperson and I know how to convert customers and talk to customers and build those relationships. And now the next piece is how do I help others do that? Um, it wasn't a surprise to me. So when I saw you get your latest promotion, I was like, oh, yay, go Samantha. <laughs> Making me blush a- over here. I'm glad there's no video on for this. Um, yeah, it goes both ways. Well, thanks. All right. You've talked a little bit about the pandemic. How are you seeing you know, your own sales organization and those of your customers pivoting as a result of the pandemic? Uh, can you all, re- I think everybody remembers the day for them personally, when it was like, you're not coming back to work the next day. And for us, it was a Friday and a, a guy on my team, Mike Smith and I were like, we feel like Monday things could be different. Let's go get a sandwich. And we went out, we got a sandwich. Um, but how is it different? You know, first I was running an inside sales team, right? So three teams, managers, you know, 14 sellers, and this built them on a, on collaboration. Right. That was the attribute we hired for. And so there's a lot of talk and row. We were listening to each other's calls and and we were um, really learning how we were honing our craft in that office. But that changed overnight. We all went home. Salesforce did a phenomenal job. They enabled us with, you know, the financial means to go out and set up our our home office. Um, But it really did change. Um, So one of the things I know we're grateful for at Tableau is we we eat our own dog food like we built our own central source of truth. Um, so we have dashboards to help us run our business, whether we're remote or in an office, um, that's been instrumental as we've hired Mm -hmm. new people, Mm -hmm. new people need to be able to drop right in and, and be able to answer the questions that they have. So you have to have this centralized source of truth. Um, we are helping more and more companies establish that because it became really evident that that digital era was upon us. We, we couldn't prolong it anymore, you know, couldn't k- kick that can down the road. And so, you know, a lot of companies are coming to us trying to figure out how they create that centralized source of truth, where marketing, sales, you know, um, solution engineering, service can all come and see the same thing, you, you know, to see that 360 view of the customer. So mm-hmm. I think, that, you know, that's one of the ways in which, you know, we're helping customers. And it's, it's certainly been a big change in the pandemic. We can no longer deny the digital era is here and you have to have a plan. And I think yep. with data and analytics, 
It's, you know, whatever the, the you know, they call it you know, the rings around Saturn. It's the thing that's going to make you understand all your software and applications. So get your yeah. software, get your applications, get them installed. Salesforce is a great company. They have the whole customer 360. You'll need an analytics platform that's going to help you extract all your insights out of every application you're using. That's mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. Yep. Great. Good. All right. So what do you think is the biggest risk of people not adopt, uh, adapting to this whole digital era? Oh, well, you know, in my conversations with a lot of our top customers, they've fallen into these three buckets as a result of this pandemic. You know, first, everyone was just trying to stabilize. You know, we are turning off the lights. How do we stabilize in a virtual world? Um, now, some of them are, are reopening. Some of them are reopened, right? And they're trying to figure out what that new process looks like and how do they do that safely for their people? Mm -hmm. um, and then lastly, how does that, you know, how do they grow? Because yeah. the thing we all know is that FY21 plan, uh, we ended January for FY21, um, that plan might have just gone right out the window, right? So companies that are not adjusting to this, um, enabling their people with the right tools, um, and focused on how their business may need to shift to achieve growth based off customer demand, like, I don't know where those companies will be in the next five years. But yeah. companies who are staying nimble, companies who are listening to the problems of their customers and shifting their solutions, their products, adding to it to solve for that, they're going to grow. They're going to stand out amongst their competitors. Yep, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, on the Stone Age side of things, we've been doing, we actually just started getting ready to launch our first IoT-enabled product that collects data as is cleaning heat exchangers. And we're just starting to scratch the surface. But as industry is changing and people, uh, our customers' customers are saying, we want contractors in and out of here as fast as possible. We want to reduce uh, exposure time and we want safer practices and we want cost reduction and all of these things. And so, you know, there's all of the, how are we using data to make decisions um, about our business? And then now we're looking at how are we using data to actually perform the job better and do the job faster. And I really feel that, you know, we started working on this years ago, but I feel that we're with the, the, the progress that we've made now, we are going to be able to leapfrog and really help our industry achieve greater things. And I'm so grateful that we started it and that we were already on that path of digitizing, you know, not just our processes, but also our products for our customers, because there is no way I'm getting left behind. There's no <laughs> I way. Leave it. There's yeah. no way. I think that, you know, if I talk to any CIO, this should be top of mind. How are you driving data and insights to your people to help you pivot in today's, you know, changing world? Um, yeah. You know, a CEO, how are you thinking about growth? How has your plan shifted? How are you, you know, taking less of a finger to the wind on that approach and more of a data driven approach to ensure you're yeah. doubling down in the right areas? You're totally right. And it's never too late to get started. Remember, yeah. Getting started on your data and analytics journey starts with identifying the biggest challenges that your company is facing and, and work with us. We will help you figure out a dashboard and an insight that will help you solve for that. And that's just the start because yeah. every single line of business needs help with this. But you don't have to boil the ocean, but we do have to get started if you want to continue your growth. Yep, yep, that's great advice. All right, so we're close to the end, and I always wrap up by asking, what's one nugget of goodness you'd like to leave our listeners with? So tell us yours. This, this is hard, um, because I, I honestly have shared so much already. Um, but I'll leave, I'll leave it with this. 
never forget the power of, of a mentor circle. You know, I'm obviously talking to one of the strongest mentors I've had in my, my professional career and in my personal life and build that, nurture that, you know, it's okay if you don't talk every year or two, but, but build out that circle because we're all human and we need to talk through things that are in our mind and problems in a trusted space with someone who we know has our best interest at heart. So invest in your mentors, you know, give back to them. Um, and, and you'll, you'll be surprised. You just might be a catering assistant who becomes a regional vice president one day. Here, here, and thank you. I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. I've loved going on this journey with you. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Samantha. This was a fabulous interview and all kinds of insight. Uh, how can people find you if they have questions about anything you talked about and how can they find Tableau? Yep. So first, um, I always like to talk about anything data and analytics or sales and leadership. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Samantha Cervantes, C-E-R-V-A-N-T-E-S. Uh, search for me at Tableau. Um, and then come learn about us at Tableau. We are part of the Salesforce Ohana now. So you can find us at www.tableau. That's T-A-B-L-E-A-U.com. Um, and don't be afraid to start it, whether it's a career change you're looking to do, or you have a responsibility in your line of business, or you are a CEO that's like, I have to get started. Reach out. We're here to help. We want to be partners with you on that journey. That's great. That's great. All right. Well, that's a wrap and I'll be right back. All right. I'm back and thanks everyone for listening to this podcast. And I hope you enjoyed listening to Samantha as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. Uh, she truly is a remarkable professional and I hope you all gained some insight onto how you can use data analytics in your business and why it matters to everyone in our industry and maybe a little bit of insight on what makes sales professionals so fantastic at their job. Hope you all have a wonderful day and I look forward to seeing you at my next uh, Industrial Theory podcast. Thank you. Thank you.